calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. What's up, everybody? I'm Noah Daniels, and we're here for another episode of the Real Hauntings podcast. Hey, guys, and I'm JJ Crable. We're super excited to bring you all some more uh, haunted stories uh, from some of our friends. Yeah, and we have a really special guest tonight. Thank you. I feel so special. <laughs> um, my name is Jess. Uh, I live in Atlanta, and I have had quite a few paranormal experiences, so Ooh. I'm happy to share them. And Jess, when you say paranormal experiences have they been straightforward you see ghosts or how would you describe your experiences um well well i guess we're gonna get there but there's like kind of a variety i feel like um i definitely have a ghost story um and then just like some weird stuff has happened that is kind of interesting to talk about cool well why don't we just get into it um uh what was kind of your first experience where you're like Okay, this is sounds a little a little unusual here. <laughs> so, um, my first experience is actually one of my earliest memories, and um, I can't say I thought this exact words of something unusual is happening here, but <laughs> it was definitely strange. Um, so, I'm a lucid dreamer, and I've been one since I was a kid. And to this day, I'm not sure if things that I saw were connected to that sort of lucid dreaming developing as a child or whether I actually saw something. Can you explain to our listeners what lucid dreaming is? Sure. Um, so lucid dreaming is, is like kind of cool and kind of horrifying uh, <laughs> like thing that happens where you can kind of jump in and out of your dreams and you can control them. So for me, every night I start in this like avenue with like different pathways I can take and I can go down a pathway. And if something's going to happen, I see this, um, something bad is going to happen. I should specify. I think it's always happened in my dreams. Oh no. So it's always <laughs> bad stuff. No, if, if something bad does happen, I see a certain object and I can mm. get out of the dream through the object into the avenue again. Um, so I haven't had a nightmare in years because I can, there's like a little escape hatch, which is really interesting. And is this something that you had to teach yourself how to do or did it just come naturally to you? Are you a Jedi? <laughs> I, you know, I don't think I could tell you if I was a Jedi. It seems like it should be classified information. That's the first rule of Jedis is yes. you don't talk about Jedis. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so yeah, I feel like um, ever since I was a kid, as long as I can remember, I've been lucid dreaming and so i'm not sure if it is something that like unconsciously i've been practicing huh. or if it's just something that's been like going on yeah um when i was a kid i would experiment with not taking the object out of the dream and then i'd have terrible nightmares oh. so it's like definitely a thing now where if i see that i just jump right out because it's not worth you know and when horror. you say uh with the object is it that you waking up or you just change the 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 scope of the dream. So inside the dream, well, as a lucid dreamer, uh, I don't know for everyone, but for me as a lucid dreamer, I can also like, if something starts to kind of go awry, I can kind of rewind and go back and like redo my actions wow. to kind of change the outcome. Um, which is weird also because almost everyone I've ever met has been in my dreams. Like before you met them? No, oh. <laughs> that would be really <laughs> freaky. Um, yeah, like my roommate, like my friends, like people, my teachers, like they'll just like be in my dream as different people. And it's very vivid. Oh, a lot of sex dreams. I get that. Oh, no, I wouldn't go that 
far, but <laughs> definitely awkward when I like just met someone in the, like that night during my dream oh, and we're wow. like having a great conversation. And the next day I'm like, I don't know you actually. That's fascinating. Um, really scary. But anyway, yes. Okay. So I have a nightmare. I see um, this like weird, like blue green car and it's not always the same make and model. It could be like a different type of thing. And so the dream's just like progressing normally. And if I see the car, I have to get out of the dream and I don't like get into the car. I just see it. And then I like take myself out to the avenue like mentally, which is, I know, really strange. So, wow. yeah, it's just like how my dreaming has been. <laughs> and so you had a paranormal experience combined with your lucid dreaming? I'm pretty sure one of my earliest memories is, um, well, one thing also you should know, I'm just going to keep prefacing. Um, ever since I was a kid, I have been a sleep walker and a sleep screamer um, mm. and a sleep talker. So my parents probably thought I was possessed. Uh, rightfully so. So yeah, apparently I would get out of bed and find my parents at night and walk over to them and scream and then go back to bed. And my eyes were open the whole time. And sometimes I would say things like in English, they just didn't make sense. Like the strawberry fields are ablaze. And then I just like scream, scream, (laughs) go back to bed or I'd scream, which would wake myself up and then be really confused and be like, I don't understand what's happening. And then they take me back to bed. Um, So that's a thing. So yes, and I think that might be because when I was a kid in our first house that I remember, it was on Sleepy Horse Lane in Maryland in Columbia. That sounds haunted as fuck. Yeah, well, I didn't know. I was a child. (laughs) So unconsensual haunting. Um, (laughs) I would wake up and I'd see this woman in the doorway wearing this large hat. And she would never talk, but she would walk over to the bed. Like I would try to hide under my covers and like start screaming. And like it was terrifying. And that was like every night. When we moved out of that house, I never saw her again, which is why I think it might be kind of like a paranormal thing as mm-hmm. opposed to a lucid dream, because I don't repeat lucid dreams. I just kind of go to the same places sometimes. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So you, at this point, when you saw this uh, woman in your dreams, you were already pretty familiar with your lucid dreaming and you knew that the the repeating dreams was something unusual for you. So, no, I was like three to six in that house so mm-hmm. like i had no idea what lucid dreaming was right i knew i had vivid dreams but i couldn't articulate like what was happening mm-hmm. but i just remember seeing her like every night and my parents like telling me when i woke up about how i'd go scream <laughs> in the middle of the night yeah and then when we moved i never had it and as i got older i'd like look back and be like wow that was definitely a really strange experience what were the interactions like with this entity we really didn't interact like i'd see her and then i'd basically just like cover my head with my covers like i'm a kid and i just tried to like go to sleep oh my gosh and was this the same house that you had the incident that you told me about about where you saw your body oh i've i've had that in multiple houses so this might this is just like kind of a weird dream thing i don't think it's really a paranormal thing but i would have this recurring fear as a child and once in a while like still get it as an adult that i leave my bed like i leave how do i phrase this like my spirit like leaves my body in the bed and I go out and like wander around like in my dream but also like in the real world and I like walk Mm -hmm. around the house and like maybe I am sleepwalking at that point who knows but my fear would be that I'd come back to my body to get back in and someone else would be in it and I would not be able to get back into my body oh wow yeah that sounds like a real trippy dream yeah that's really scary yeah so if I like got up to like pee in the middle of the night I always be like okay this is real like this is real life like I have my body and like go pee and then like get back in bed and like Sometimes, like, I just occasionally, like, once every couple of years, I'll get, like, a fear flash again. That's just, like, what if I, like, can't get back in, you know, healthy thinking? What if the new version of you is cooler than the version that gets left out, though? Is it me if I get left out of my own body? <laughs> well, to all of us, it is. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> so, you had that interaction when you were young and then mm-hmm. home. Um, where did it progress from that age of three to six? Sure. So it didn't, I wouldn't say it like accelerated during that time. Like I just remember, it's hard to remember that far back, but I did just keep seeing that lady. And then we ended up moving to California. So left her behind, I guess, to go haunt the next child in that room. Now, do you think that (laughs) there's like a connection to the paranormal with, with the like, lucid dreaming and the sleepwalking so i i never contain any memory of when i'm walking or talking or screaming mm-hmm. um even up through college like i would do stuff my friends would tell me about and like i have no memory yeah. so it I, in my mind it is possible that there's some sort of like paranormal interaction and then my my brain just doesn't remember what happens which now as i'm saying it makes me feel like i'm possessed or something and i'm terrified so yeah totally normal <laughs> everything's fine everything's, everything's cool. fine 
Um, what else? I guess I had sleep paralysis uh, one time. That was really oh, freaky. Really? Yeah. Did you see the hat man? We had a whole episode about apparently a lot of people see this guy come into their room and he's wearing a hat. Kind of like no. a Civil War looking dude. No. No? Okay. no. I would be freaked out if I did, though. What? Did you see anything when you were so, paralyzed? Uh, <laughs> when I was paralyzed, yes. Clinical tech terminology. <laughs> so for me, so I was in bed and I woke up because I had heard something and I was really scared because I like felt like something was wrong. Um, and I wasn't able like to sit up, but I wasn't like paralyzed yet. I was just kind of laying in bed. And I thought I saw something out of the corner of my eye and it was kind of this like shadowy figure. And then just like my really creepy dreams where I can't get out of into my own body, he like passed through my body. Mm. And when he did, I couldn't move or talk. And I was trying to like scream. Uh, and it was just like a terrible feeling. And then he walked out the doorway out of the room. Never saw him again, but it's a terrible experience. So mm. yes. And have you had sleep paralysis since that time? Um, Something's telling me I had it one more time, but I, that was probably the most recent time. And I think I had one before then. Um, yeah, do not recommend on Yelp. So one you saw star. the shadow man. Wasn't that one? Yeah, that that is another uh, theme that came up in the our sleep paralysis episode with Andy. I do remember him saying that there there would be like shadowy figures that he would see. I don't know Ooh. if he said any of them like walked through him, but there were yeah some shadowy shadowy. Mm-hmm. He described he it as a, a dementor. How they the Dementors and Harry Potter take your soul. That is a great way to describe it. Experience. So I was like grew up very religious, and so for me, I felt like a demon had watched through me because I had no like control over what was happening, and I was like had it was just like fear and sadness is what I felt, which is perfectly like a Dementor. That's kind of like what Andy said. Yeah. Wow, that's fascinating. That's so scary. Oh, I just have spiders that drop on my face. You know, I have a friend also who has spiders in their sleep paralysis. What is going yeah, on? Yeah, like a giant spider that crawls yeah, up the Yeah, for me, it's a giant spider. Yeah, you guys wow. might be like soul-linked or something with the same traumatic <laughs> experiences. So now, I think, I, I think like dreams are super interesting. And like this whole interview, I'm just thinking about Inception and how much I love that movie. Um, <laughs> Solid. But, you know, and like certainly a lot of people have stories about messages coming to them in a dream and then waking up and like being able to predict something that just happened or was about to happen and like weird i don't know i think there are a lot of very interesting paranormal claims about dreams i also think there's a lot we just don't know about how dreams work i don't know so i mean like recurring images i like i have dreams where like my teeth fall out and i know a lot of people like get those dreams so jj you don't have teeth i kind of <laughs> what no one's told oh, him oh my gosh i've never looked in a mirror ever since i had that dream because i was too scared oh. um but so i i wonder if there's a similar explanation to like seeing those kind of figures in in sleep paralysis that like come up a lot like like hat man or the shadowy figures or the spiders or yeah. Or if it really is something else out there. Yeah. I mean, it may be like a brain chemistry thing. I don't know. Dreams are freaky. I I had a dream. And I think days I gone told... By. Uh, Sorry. What did you say? Days gone by. Yes, I, uh, <laughs> uh, I had a dream, and I shared this recently with JJ and Kat, uh, just a couple nights ago where I got onto the Real Hauntings Instagram, as I tend to do. And a fan had messaged us and it was like a lot of information at one time in the dream. And I remember in the dream being like, oh, they really do care, you know, like getting excited. And then this happened um, yesterday morning, like the same experience. Now, I don't remember if the content was the same because I don't remember the content from the dream, unfortunately. Mm. But the sensation I felt was the same sensation from mm. the dream. And that happens to me from time to time. But to be fair, we do get a lot of fan mail. Oh, so. we do. Heaps of it, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> By the fun. Yes, with lots of talking. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Dreams are super freaky, but I love it. I Sometimes I get so in my own head before I go to bed. I start wondering like, 
how do dreams work? Like, how can I just turn myself off and be somewhere else to the point where I won't be able to sleep for like an hour or two? I give myself anxiety. Well, you know, you, you can, and I have not done this successfully, but you can train yourself to lucid dream. Yeah. Um, like people talk about like starting a dream journal as a way to build up that skill. I had a lucid dream once in my life. It was cause I was on this crazy anti-malarial drug, um, that like really fucks with people. Um, yeah, it gave me, it gave me one lucid dream and then like no it wasn't doxycycline uh that also fucks with people but in a different way because it's an (laughs) antibiotic so like destroys your gut bacteria Um, i was on malarone which they used to give to soldiers and now they they don't give it to soldiers anymore because it was like triggering people's ptsd but they switched Um, to doxy so everyone gets diarrhea ah yeah (laughs) Mm -hmm. um i've been on doxycycline and that actually uh plugged me up more than it gave me diarrhea oh this is great information um, yeah so <laughs> if if you ever have to go on an anti-malarial <laughs> medication uh don't do malarone don't do doxycycline there's another kind i can't remember what it's called it's way expensive but Laria? Have, maybe I that's know. it let's consult our local ghost who yeah. died of malaria speaking of ghosts <laughs> <laughs> So you had a lucid dream on the medication? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was awesome. Uh, it was, like, such a cool experience. It made all the depression that the Malarone gave me worth it. Oh, so. it very interesting. Okay. Yeah. Well, okay, so we have covered your sleep paralysis. Methloquine. Absolutely. Uh, the oh, there we go. Oh, yeah, methloquine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, methloquine. That Flood. sounds like Meth something flood. that should be Flood. legal. Um, Maybe it is. <laughs> um, and then we've got the lady who visits you at home. Now, it's my Just understanding. Charming home visit, yes. That you also see apparitions, though. Yeah, well, I mean, it's, it's always like self-doubt afterwards, you know. But, okay, here's the deal. I had this really strange... Um, Okay, so there is this French man who lives in Paris full time, and I live. There's probably lots of them. Yes. (laughs) I should have started the story another way. There's this American that lives in America. Yeah, it's amazing. Right. (laughs) Well, I guess he is an American who lives in Paris, um, but he's lived there a long time. He uh, owns a house in Baltimore where I used to live, and I was his quote unquote house sitter for three years. Uh, really sweet arrangement. I didn't pay any rent or anything. Um, and I basically just lived in the house and he paid all the bills. Nice. Uh, was not a sugar daddy situation. I want to be clear. He's just old and wanted someone to live in his house. Kind of sounds like a sugar daddy. Might have been cameras in the house. Don't know. (laughs) (laughs) We went from funny to sad. (laughs) Um, so the house was like straight out of the seventies, like seventies furniture, like crystal collections, everything. Uh, so I got the house for my friend who does improv um, professionally, and she was moving out to like you know go pursue her dreams and hey, live with her boyfriend. You say improv professionally. People, what does that mean? People pay money. <laughs> what to watch? Oh, to watch improv and sketch shows. Yeah, right. And your friend gets some of said money, or does it yes. go to a theater? Well, it does go to the theater, but she does get a cut. Wow, wow. Yeah, she's I didn't know sometimes. there was uh, that life for improvisers. Yeah, not. Atlanta. Some people get to live the dream. Yeah. Right. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt your No, you're fine. So she was like the sixth house sitter. I was the seventh house sitter in this long series of house sitters. Um, Moved in, didn't know anything really about the house and had met the old guy once for about 30 minutes just so he was assured that I wouldn't wreck his home. Hmm. Uh, Don't know how long is the typical period of making sure someone won't wreck your home, but apparently it was sufficient. So I moved in. Everything was fine. Like, Maybe a week into it, I, my bed was in the basement, which is not creepy, even though it sounds like it was. And I was in bed uh, falling asleep and the lights were out and I started seeing this blue light coming down the stairs. And it wasn't like creepy, like it wasn't an ominous presence. It was like just a blue light. And then this woman comes down holding the blue light. And uh, she's like this older white woman, uh, but her eyes are just like completely blank. That was the scary part. So she comes over to the bed and kind of like gets in my face. And I was like, oh, yeah, I don't like this. So I used my classic childhood trick of getting under my covers and hoping that everything went away. And I could see the blue light from under the covers, like coming through the sheets. Um, Yeah. And then basically I didn't open my eyes till morning because I was 
terrified. And uh, she came down multiple times while I lived there. So it turns out this woman is the wife of the husband who lives in France. She died three years earlier from cancer in America. Oh. She flew home and died at home. And I found this out because he hires these really old maids. So like 98 and 97. They're full of gossip. They come to the house and they quote unquote clean the house. Uh, mostly they just kind of sit around and talk to you and they tell you to play piano for them. Well, yeah, because they're like 98 and 97. Yeah, they like, don't clean well. Old to clean the house. I'm not judging. I just, yeah. you know, they wanted some money, whatever. He pays them. Right. So they come over one day and she has, the the wife had had this like large crystal collection. And as someone who actually cleaned the house, I did like dust and clean the collection, everything like that. So one day I was there and they had come over to quote unquote clean and they were looking at the collection and they commented that like, wow, she never let them touch it even to clean. Like it was really crazy. And I was like, oh, that's strange. This is not the moment to tell them that I've been handling it to clean it for the past like couple months and then they're like have you seen her around lately and I was like oh that's a weird question um I thought she was dead and they were like oh no she is but we just keep hearing that she's in the house a lot and we feel her uh. and I was like that's really freaky um, they, kept, they were hearing from other people that former house was- sitters yeah. Had, was it a similar experience to you like uh, dead eyes in the bed I don't know all they said was that they had seen her when then they followed that up by telling me that they cleaned this other house in Baltimore don't know who hired them and they shot a music video on their cell phones of themselves cleaning so okay, they hot. were great people because <laughs> <laughs> I always find it fascinating people that have seen apparitions um, like that can you like if you think right now can you remember what like can you remember her face and that experience I can definitely remember her eyes and the light um, and like the outline of her. But once you like look into the eyes, it was like everything else was just not even relevant. And how how do you and I know I say this a lot on the podcast, so I apologize to listeners, but it's something that fascinates me. How do you compartmentalize that experience? Like so. Yeah, I guess. So for me, uh, especially because I've had all these like weird, like paranormal like sightings ish, I like my thought is just kind of like if you if you like think about them a lot or like are afraid of them, you kind of like give them power over you. Um, And so for me, like my thing is like I'm going to come in the house and just shut off that part of my brain that seems like open to these sort of things. Um, And then after I move out of the house, I can like kind of turn it back on because that was too scary to think about <laughs> sleeping in the house had a lot of other things going on. So it wasn't just her. She was like the most benign thing that oh happened. Um, um, well, before we jump to those, I will just say, cause I think we always find this interesting. We've had multiple guests on the podcast say that same exact thing, uh, especially the psychics and mediums will say, well, you can just turn it off. So where you oh, don't get, you know, these, this rush of hauntings, and we've also heard from like the Devon Demons episode, Devon talk about you can take the power from them. You just you can't give them that fear because they feed on that and, and, and you know, will manifest themselves into your life. So it's always because we do approach this from a skeptic point of view. And for me, the most interesting thing about this, other than the ghost stories themselves, are the shared experiences of the yeah. people that have have seen you know ghosts most definitely yeah and that you know and i don't know you know how like 98 97 year old house cleaners love to gossip absolutely but, you know if there is validity in what they're saying about you know other uh former house sitters having seen uh this lady walking around i mean that's real creepy yeah. and I don't, I don't know how you explain that. Me either. And honestly, like, so I purposely avoid watching scary films or like, honestly, I love you guys, but I don't listen to your podcast because I'm worried I'll get nightmares. Like I'm worried that that'll kind of open the channel up more and I don't want more scary experiences. Mm -hmm. So as much as possible, I I don't read ghost stories. Like I refuse to even engage because I Mm -hmm. don't want like more experiences. Well, now you said that the the lady was the most benign thing. So what were some of the other experiences you had? Okay. So it's a town home. Uh, so it's the basement. There's like the main floor and then there's three bedrooms upstairs and then a loft out of the master bedroom. So 
you'd always hear a lot of like strange noises upstairs at night. Um, I had a lot of friends sleep over like during parties and stuff like that. And no one wanted to sleep upstairs. Uh, one of the pillows in the kids room has blood stain, like huge all over it. And what? it's yes. And it's next to this doll that like is <laughs> so scary. Like, I wish I'd taken a picture, but I was terrified of it. I didn't even <laughs> clean those rooms when I was there. It's like this old like rag doll, like God knows from when his kids grew up, maybe like 70s or 80s i don't even know can i just say it sounds like this guy has a lot of money so to not replace the bloodstained pillowcase must be sentimental <laughs> yeah he's, he's a weird dude we don't know why he has so much money and how he like has two residences and like is multilingual He's a we- he's a weird guy. Yeah. Yeah. Very strange. But I bet he knows the house is haunted, which is why he never lives there. Okay. So, yeah, the kids room was a weird mix because they're adults now and both are married with children. But the kids room has like dolls and toys and kids books and then like a poster of like Magic Mike or something on the wall. Like it's very strange <laughs> blend of like <laughs> decorations. That, that was for the missus. <laughs> Probably put that there because yes, it's for the old she was still for the old maids. Probably they put it there. Um, oh my god! So yeah, they'd be all these weird noises, and at the top of the stairs, there's a kind of a curve in the stairs, like up to the house. If you're in the living room, you can look up, and there's like kind of like a gap where a hanging light fixture is, and you can see to the top of the stairs. There is this guy, like uh, like an apparition, I guess is the best word, but this guy would lay at the top of the stairs, and he had long dark hair, and he'd kind of be like halfway in the floor. And he would just like kind of like roll there. It sounds like so creepy, like when I say it, but like I saw him when I first was in the house after I had seen the wife and I was like, is there a radon leak? Like is something happening? Like why are there people in this house? Oh my um, God. You thought that maybe you were had like a gas leak. Or yeah, I thought something was wrong. So it's like, I've never seen this many people in the house, but I had friends over for Friendsgiving and uh, some people stayed late and we were just kind of quietly chatting in the living room. And my friend, uh, Dustin looked up and he was like, wait, who is that? Is someone at the top of your stairs? And I was like, what? And I looked up and the guy was laying on the floor and I was like, yep. Um, so that guy just kind of appears. Like I was like, and not everyone who was there <laughs> saw him, but I had never talked about him to my friends because I don't like, you know, don't just casually go around talking about weird men halfway in my floor. Well, you should. But. So. Okay, this is fascinating to me, though. So so you, your friend and you both saw this man there at the same time. Yeah. But not all of your friends were able to, to see him. Right. Probably half mm. saw and half did not. See, sometimes I wonder if I'm just in that half that can't, can't see, see these things because i just i want to see a ghost so bad <gasps> i don't know if you do it's I, so scary oh, that's what i said yeah um D- dustin is that who you yes said? now is do you know i mean you may not know this but does is dustin somebody who has seen ghosts before that i don't know if he's seen ghosts but he has seen things okay. uh we've been friends for like so i actually just went to his wedding uh a couple weeks ago but yeah I, we were He's actually my first friend in college. We met the first night in college playing volleyball. Oh. Yeah. So we have, we have like kind of a long, good friendship history. Um, but he has told me that he's seen things. I don't know if they're necessarily ghosts or just But he's open things. to that world, maybe. I don't think bit. he wants to be, but he is. Yeah. 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 That's interesting that you could have multiple people and not everybody see the ghost. Yeah. Right. Oh, sorry. For, for you and, and Dustin, was, I mean... Was this person like, you know, I don't know, I think of ghosts as being like, you know, kind of translucent and see through or was it like, like, you know, did did he look like he was just a solid person just lying there? Yeah, it looks like a solid person, which is why it's so alarming, because I'm like, who got into the house? Like, who is this crazy man in the floor? Um, How close would you get? Oh, no, no. Like, if I, like, you I, poke him with a stick. that's right. Just what, hey, buddy, uh, <laughs> you're hanging out. Do he, his eyes, just, he looks so crazy. I was just like, I, yeah, no way. Did you ask the maids about the man in the stairs? No, but I did ask if they'd like heard of other things happening in the mm-hmm. house. The first time they came, I hadn't seen the man in the uh, upstairs. Um, and they were just like, yeah, there's like weird noises and like things just like might be misplaced kind of deal, which is weird and definitely didn't happen when I was there. Um, but yeah, I feel like there's just like a history in the house that is so creepy. Yeah, yeah. But I would not go upstairs after dark, like ever. Would you, because, you know, we hear these stereotype things or we read them in stories. Did you ever feel like the temperature change or voices or any of that kind of stuff? 
No, no temperature change. Sometimes when I went to bed, the living room lights would come on and there would be noises upstairs. Um, and sometimes I was brave and I was like, I'm just going to go up there and turn the lights off. And that's that. Um, and sometimes I'd be like, you know what? That's a future Jessica problem. I'm going to sleep. <laughs> so yeah. I, uh, <laughs> I create future Noah problems. That's all the right. Time. <laughs> that's for future Noah to deal with. Jess, that is scary. Yeah. And what's so weird too is I, so I was the seventh house sitter. And when I moved to Atlanta, I offered my friend Peter the house, warning him that there was, might be some weird stuff there. I didn't specify because I didn't want him to like see it if he wasn't going to, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Um, And he hasn't seen like the wife or the man upstairs, but he's heard a lot of noises and talking. And so he like got really freaked out the first night and called me and I like didn't really tell him. I was just like, oh, like, sorry about that. Like, it's totally fine. (laughs) But I did go to visit after he moved in and actually, because some of the energy had like changed. I think like with a new resident Mm -hmm. who was a bit more closed off to these sort of things, like it felt much more like free in the house. Like there's definitely other stuff there. Like there was still like a weird feeling, but it was not as strong as when I lived there. Now, when you say it felt more free, this is one thing I always struggle with is, you know, people will describe like just kind of the general vibe of, you know, the the house and the environment. And like, what does that mean? Like the, the atmosphere felt, felt freer or like you felt <clears throat> like there was a, a presence or something. Yeah. So like when I lived there, I didn't feel like there was like a, a presence, but it did feel like crowded. Like you definitely felt like you weren't alone. Hmm. And it was just kind of like this tenuous, like suspense in the air, kind of like something was waiting for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and to be fair, when I lived there, I really wasn't home that much because I was working in grad school and worked a full-time job and was doing some theater stuff. So like I, I really slept at work most of the time because we had beds there. Um, I, I worked for the military, so yeah, I saw that face. Um, <laughs> I just slept it under my I was desk. Like, were you friendly with your boss? That's right, <laughs> a little too friendly. Um, no, no, no. So yeah, um, so at the time I wasn't home that much, and there was just like this ominous feeling. And when I before I went in, I would just kind of like steal myself, like, okay, we're just not going to let anything happen. But then when I moved out and I went back to visit my friend, I was ready for that before I went in, and then I went in, and it was just kind of more like things were dulled. Like it was like a background noise had been turned down. I don't know mm. if it's because there's multiple people in the house. Like that might be intimidating to like whatever's in the so house. It's more than just Peter that lives in the house right now? No, he, it's just him right now. Okay. But I think that having like me and him in the house, oh, like having other people just kind of like dispels like, I don't know. JJ, this is a question for you. If Peter said, yeah, JJ, you can come stay here for a night, but you have to sleep in the bed with the blood pillow yes. and the rag doll, you would yes, do it? I would totally do that. I don't know if man. you want to. I, JJ. I would definitely do that. Look, I am, yeah, I feel like I could stay anywhere for at least one night just to like, like, like in my mind already, I'm so curious about like, what the fuck is going on in this house? Like, I, I want to know everything. So. Good luck. yeah when we had when i had a party one time some friends wanted to sleep over and it was like one of my first months there so i was like yeah there are three bedrooms upstairs like if if you want like i don't sleep upstairs i didn't tell them why i was just like but you can if you want their fresh sheets so we went upstairs and like someone took the master bedroom and i went to the the doll blood pillow room and i didn't say anything i just like turned on the light and i was like well this is the other option and they were just like okay and they started like arranging the pillows and they just like froze and they're like is there blood on this pillow and i was like Oh, uh, I guess so. Like, do you yes. want to sleep here? There's <laughs> probably like some murder from like the early 1900s that could be solved yeah. with that pillow. It's not like a nosebleed. It's like a bit, like the whole back of the pillow is like blood. Like it oh is my God. very obvious. Okay, I probably wouldn't sleep on that pillow. Yeah, but I, I would sleep in the room. I would sleep in the room. I kind of want to suggest right now. I was like, and I have the pillow. And I have the pillow. Oh, yeah, I don't oh, want that. God. Ugh, yeah. Now, once you got out of this house, did you ever see another ghost? Was that the last of your... It was not. Um, So I went to a wedding in Lynchburg, Virginia, um, the year I moved out. And actually, Peter was with me as my uh, wedding date. And we rented an Airbnb. And we were going to bed at night. And I was falling asleep. Peter was already asleep and I saw this woman in the floor. Uh, she's not in the floor, sorry. She was standing on the floor and she just like seemed just like hanging out by the fireplace. She's just like chilling. And I was like, am I schizophrenic? 
Like, why is this happening? So I woke Peter up and I was like, hey, like, like, I think something weird is going on. And I turned my ground and she wasn't there anymore. Um, mm-hmm. So that was a little minor something. And then my my old house in Atlanta, I just moved to Decatur. Uh, nothing weird. No weird vibes when I moved in. I was really relieved coming out of ghost house. So I was like, this is great. This house is wonderful. The only thing I had is I would sleep with my door closed, but sometimes my roommate's cat would come in and sleep with me uh, because she loved me and she's super cute. And one night I went to bed, I turned like the lights out and closed the door. And I remember waking up and feeling the cat walking on my blankets toward me and then like snuggling in next to me. And I woke up the next morning. I was like, oh, yeah, Coley slept in my bed last night. And my roommate was like, oh, no, she slept with me. And I was like, are you sure? He's like, yeah, because you went to bed before me and you closed your door. So I think there was like a little ghost cat in that house. Uh, or something tiny, but it wasn't scary. It was just like something just likes to crawl up on the bed, um, which now sounds scary. So don't, you no, know. That's a great ghost, yeah. like a cute little ghost cat. I'm picturing yeah. like a little, like a tiny ghost with a little sheet over its head. Oh. Or jumping up and crawling. Yeah, around. I think it's like a little Miyazaki thing or something. Or like a stray cat is just like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> like sneaking into your house its way down <laughs> into the bed. And we did have an, our neighbor had a black cat named Kevin who was quite the neighborhood adventurer. Kevin? He would come into our house. Like, he'd wait at the door. I'd open the door. He'd come right in, get a little water. He'd snuggle up with us, and then he'd go home later. He was a great social cat. He's a good boy. Who names their cat Kevin? The neighbors. <laughs> my cat, I mean, Bill. I know someone who named my their cat, cat Matt. Matt. <laughs> oh. That's the second time tonight we connected on the same word. <laughs> Mind um, melt. Man, um, something you brought up that I've always been afraid to ask people Ooh. on the podcast because... I think it could be indelicate if, if I ask them. Oh, yeah. But um, you mentioned that you were like, oh, am I schizophrenic? Sure. Um, because we've heard a lot of ghost stories from people. Mm-hmm. Not as many from people who see multiple ghosts. Sure. I would say you, the mediums and psychics. Oh, good um, class. Yes. And then Devin's episode. Yeah. Nick has seen and multiple Nick. ghosts. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we've we've got maybe 18 episodes now, something like that. A lot of people have like, an experience or kind of like a small experience and then a bigger experience. Um, but you mentioned that and, and that's something I've always kind of wondered, you know, is there any kind of like mental stuff that goes on with seeing ghosts or how does that work? And when you say that, I mean, I, I know you pretty well. I feel I, I <laughs> you're probably the, one of the most put together people I've ever met. <laughs> that's good. Um, but how do you deal with that? Like how sure. that's, a, that's a tough question, I think, to ask yourself. It doesn't matter what other people think, but you as being Jess and having to live your own life. How do you know if it's ghost or I guess you don't? Or Yeah, that's a good question. I so I think there's two kind of factors to that. One is that like I've been seeing things like that, especially regularly since I was a kid. So for me, it's like not an abnormal experience, mm-hmm. um, especially if it's like the same figure in the same location. Like the other thing is that I when I worked for the military, I did a lot of neuroscience research. So I, I know that schizophrenia is normally more limited to auditory hallucinations and maybe visual mm. on top of that, as well as a development in the teenage years. So the fact that I saw things but didn't hear things from a very early age makes me feel like it's not related to schizophrenia, although there may be other like hallucinatory disorders or something. Um, I certainly don't feel like I'm crazy. Don't know if anyone who is feels that way. But for me, these experiences have been like very real and intimidating and I not something I necessarily want to participate in. I'm very spiritual and religious. And so I think that might be play a part in like opening those channels, Mm. especially I have a different religion than the one I was raised with, but that one was like very into like angels and demons and bad forces in the world, like coming right. towards you. So you were a Satanist as a child, right? Yes, my parents raised me as a Satanist. <laughs> um, Satan. Yes, we can all relate to that. Yeah, yeah. it's a classic childhood rearing situation. <laughs> um, that old trope. Yes, everyone. I don't even need to explain it. Everyone's familiar. Yeah. I like thinking right now there's a listener who like maybe doesn't have I was racist as a Satanist. Or like doesn't like really get sarcasm. Like, (laughs) wait, she is a Satanist? (laughs) So in all the apparitions that you've seen, and you you just said you don't hear anything, you just see them. But do you ever feel like 
like the ghosts are interacting with you or do you kind of feel like they don't see you? Hmm. So typically I don't have any auditory. Um, although in that house that was really spooky that the French man had, I did hear things upstairs when the lights came on after I went mm-hmm. to bed. Um, and who knows what that is. One time there was a squirrel on the wall and there was a bunch of scratching noises. But I, Oh, I've had that before. Okay. <laughs> I've never heard scratching before when I like see something oh, abnormal. So that's why I was like, I don't think this is a ghost. I think there is something in the wall. Oh, uh, I'm hearing things. So no, I don't, I don't normally hear things except in the house. I heard things. Um, but then I forgot the second part, which was also about hearing things, but no, I don't remember what you asked. And oh, do you, do you feel like the ghosts, uh, oh, yes. see you? Yes. So I feel like they see me. Mm-hmm. I do my absolute best to avoid any contact. Yeah. <laughs> Once I see something and I realize it's there, I'm uh, either under the covers or hiding, or I just like turn off that part of my brain. I'm like, we're not doing this. It's not happening. So um, have you ever tried to communicate with them? No, I feel like when I was a kid, I did not the mm-hmm. crazy lady who stood in the doorway because actually I don't know if she was crazy. She was just scary yeah. um, because she was very intimidating. But I think when I was a kid, I did try to yeah. like talk to things and I found it very intimidating yeah. uh, and very like out of my depth. And I was yeah. like, yeah, this isn't an experience I'm, yeah. I want to do. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And once in a while, I'll even be like, you know what? I feel like I should be more open to experiences and I should like kind of look out for things like this happening and then something happens and I'm like no this is terrifying I'm gonna go ahead and shut that down yeah it's not a fun thing it is not um, yeah do you because I know you have a lot of artistic ability do you draw no oh, I was gonna um, ask I mean, you if you could draw that lady can you imagine I don't even have I can't even draw a proportional stick figure <laughs> although I do have a scary drawing at my house which is a whole other story of a uh, well listeners yeah. if you draw and you would like to draw yes. all of Jess's ghost listen please. to my description especially the cat ghost please email or Instagram us those immediately so we can terrify Jess yes I'll take a picture with all of them <laughs> um, and and I may be wrong about this Jess but didn't you tell me one time that you like because I know you camp a lot did you see a ghost when you were camping? Oh my gosh. Okay, so I don't consider this a ghost. I consider it a like bear. a spirit. No, bears aren't ghosts, Noah. Um, They're not like cats. Duh. Um, so I consider this more of like a spirit. So some friends and I are trying to backpack all of the national parks. So we're on number, I'm on number 10 now. Some people are on different numbers. Um, but let's see, two years ago, when I first moved to Atlanta, we went to Congaree National Park in South Carolina. By the way, wonderful park, lots of mosquitoes. You get to kayak through all these like cool trees. It's one of the You're oldest really forests. You really sold it on yeah. mosquitoes. <laughs> it had me till you said lots of mosquitoes. <laughs> to be honest, I went in November and there were almost no mosquitoes, okay, but they yeah. do have a mosquito meter that runs from like first setting war to last setting like you'll die. Oh, sweet. Um, so I wouldn't recommend the summer, but November was very pleasant. Uh, very flat park. And then it floods semi-annually so you get to kayak through the really old hardwood forest um yeah so anyway we uh so so hard to explain so they have one campground then they have a land backpacking site and then they have a canoe backpack backpacking site so we were in the first campground the first two nights uh just kind of hanging out and like doing our thing and hiking then we went canoe backpacking which we accidentally camped on a pack of coyotes uh at their den which was an experience And then we came back to our backpacking campsite, which we weren't supposed to. We were on our way at night to the land site. But my friend um, is really afraid of coyotes and never seen one before. And this pack ran by us howling as they were catching or hunting some sort of animal that was screaming as it ran. Uh, So my friend like peed his pants. I mean, not literally, but probably very close. Maybe just a little. So we were like, okay, we we didn't reserve it, but we'll just go back to the campground to our old spot and it'll be fine. So I'm falling asleep that night. And... I guess to preface, they have a lot of wild hogs in this park. They're very Mm. aggressive. Hogs, okay, ever ever since I saw Old Yeller as a kid, wild hogs freak me the fuck out. (laughs) I never saw Old Yeller. Oh, don't. It's it's the worst Um, movie. It's so (laughs) sad. Something really sad happened. Oh, no. No, I don't. You've seen it. I've seen it. It's awful. Especially I never did. I I don't think I've ever seen the end of that movie because I always turn it off right before or like uh, shit yeah. gets real. Oof. That was the first so. time I realized I wasn't a sociopath because I got really sad. At oh, the, the first. Well, so how old were you? That's a good test. Like Thirty-seven. Sorry. So the wild hogs. So there's lots of wild hogs in this park. Uh, so I'm falling asleep in my tent by myself. My tent is named Everett, by the way. He's great. So I I roll over on my side, and this pig is in my tent, and it's not. 
like a real pig. It's like a spirit pig. And he's, it's so weird. He's wearing like a, the best way to describe it is like a headdress. Like he's wearing some sort of weird thing on his head. Very unhappy. And he's talking to me and he's telling me that he's very angry that we're in the park and that we need to leave. And I, uh, being myself was like, Oh, you're scary. Um, yeah, we'll leave, but we booked this, um, this campground for like three days. So is it possible for Pulled us? out your phone and you're like, oh, sorry. <laughs> Show the reservation. <laughs> I was like, um, well, we're going to be here for just like a little while longer. I hope that's okay. Um, they're just trying to be polite. This guy's really scary. Um, didn't go well, was pretty upset about it. Uh, but I feel like we kind of like achieved this, uh, this ground. Did he have like an accent or? No, just like a very, a very like deep resonant, but definitely like inhuman voice if that makes sense like it's very like oh have you ever read uh christopher moore books no who's that uh he's an author uh, oh, from you. san francisco but he um writes i don't know it's very much my sense of humor but some of his books has like um animals like that that kind of come to life and that's oh. what it sounds like to me but it's it's difficult because like i don't have like a memory of his voice because i feel like we weren't speaking like oh you were with voices i don't know it's not so creepy to say it you know but like i feel like we were definitely communicating and in my brain we like exchanged the correct you know what we're trying to say animal and it's a pig pig. (laughs) well my pig is a badass so whatever what's your spirit animal probably an earthworm now (laughs) earthworms are awesome they're really cool um so how do you know like in that experience that like you weren't like dreaming sleeping still i don't and that is why it's so confusing because i was in my sleeping bag like ready to go to sleep and i woke up to this thing kind of like when i was a kid and i woke up and saw that woman in the doorway yeah so i mean it could just be a dream and i'm not defending either way because i don't know what it is but it definitely freaked me out and i was like i because i Every time we like go to a national park, I do get like a sense of like from the land of like whether like we are welcome there, which I know seems really strange, but it's just like, I, I don't I know. I like always attribute it to like the trees, but I just feel like some parks aren't friendly and some like want mm. you to hang mm. out there. What is the least friendly park you've ever been to? Oh, I'm so excited. Okay. Let me review really fast where we've been. Here's one. My first backpacking trip, we went to Big Bend National Park in Texas, uh-huh. which, by the way, is my favorite park. So don't let this deter you from attending. Um, but uh, we went on this like big backpacking tour and I definitely had this like fierce sense that it like the wildness and like this is a place that owns its own ground. Like humans are not the dominant species here, um, which I love. But I also purchased this amazing book called Deaths in Big Bend, recommended by the ranger. Oh, great. And found out that he had booked us at every backpacking site where someone had died uh, while we were in the park. And because he's a psychopath, I don't know. Um, But when we were at this one backpacking site, Southwest 4, if you ever go on the Chisos Trail on the rim, um, you're like right on the edge of like the Chihuahuan desert. So you can see for like miles and miles in New Mexico, it's beautiful. There's very strong wind there. And when I was up there, I got this really strange impulse. I'm not suicidal to just jump over the edge, mm-hmm. like a really strong impulse. Like just, just go with it. Just go over the edge. And in the book, when I got home, I was reading that there have been tons of suicides off that cliff. Like people just take their clothes off, fold them and then jump off the cliff. Did you? I did not disrobe. Thank you for asking. (laughs) This is something that like I've I've felt for a while, also not suicidal. Yeah. But this apparently is like a form of OCD where you're just like, like, it's almost like a fear of of death that then makes you think, oh, I'm going to like lose control and just like I do that. jump off of this thing. Has yep. that, have you ever experienced that or I this was like the not. first time? And it wasn't, it was, so I've always been like fascinated by heights. I like rock climbing. Uh-huh. I really enjoy it. But here, what was weird is I got really disoriented and I don't know if it was like altitude. We really weren't that high or like the cold, but I was very disoriented and I kept having this impulse to jump over the edge. And I was there with my friend and my professor from college at the time and I couldn't find them. And they were very close because they came over to me like 30 seconds later. But I remember looking for them on this cliff face with like no trees and I couldn't find them. And in my head, I was just like having this repeated thought that like I had to go over the edge. Um, Super strange. But when they found me, it just like all went, it went away. Like, Mm. so 
I do that, JJ. I, my biggest fear is driving my car into a body. Into a truck? Into, oh. into a body of water. <laughs> Way to jump the gun. <laughs> I always like... Like Michael I, Scott well, in the yeah. office, just listening to the GPS. <laughs> yeah, well, whenever I go over a bridge and it's nighttime and it's a big body of water underneath me, especially when I'm in like Florida, I just start like going down this like weird fantasy of driving, hitting the water, the mm -hmm. water rushing up, not being, and then like finally getting out and then getting eaten by a sea creature. And do you do oh. you feel like you're you're going to just like do it against your own will? I just it's not quite an impulse, but it is very much like comes out of me because of the fear and the train of thought that leads me in that I really have to pay attention to like my ten and two. Yeah, if that makes sense. Like, yeah. I feel like if I don't really pay attention in mm. that moment, I'll be hanging out with Nemo. It's like well, that's not moment. bad company. Well, Nemo had friends that weren't as nice as Nemo. Oh, probably. I haven't seen that movie. Oh, before. we need to rewatch it. Um, but yeah, that uh, yeah could be OCD. Not yeah, it, depression. I wonder because I don't. Um, I know a lot of people are like afraid to fly or mm. they have certain fears. I don't really have that in general. A fearless no. man. No, I mean, the, but the water thing is the only thing that I get a little bit of that. And I wonder if for people that are afraid to, because there's some people that like hardcore can't fly. Right. If like they get that similar, sim, uh, similar feeling, but it's just very much multiplied. Mm -hmm. Anyway. So I'm not like afraid. Uh, and aside from Big Ben, actually, I do have a fascination with jumping off of tall things. Kind of like your water thing where like mm -hmm. I'll, I always climb to the roof of like wherever I work or go to school. And I like just looking off the edge and being like, I okay. could jump right now. And I'm not suicidal. Well, and you're building a case. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not interested in doing it, but it's just fascinating to think about. Like, yeah. you like the wind rushing by. Um, but in Big Ben, it was an entirely different experience because that was not like something yeah. I chose to look over the edge and be like, that would be interesting. It was yeah. like, I have to do it. So maybe like a morbid curiosity. I think that was stuff. Sometimes. Yeah, I think typically that might be yeah. it. But I that like every time I'm up in a high place, I'm like, I could just let go. Well, all right. So I feel like we've gotten a pretty good scope of your paranormal experiences. <laughs> Thank you. Um, JJ, I'm what do you stumped. think? I like honestly, I like some of some of the things I'm like, okay, well, like dreaming, sure. Like people see weird things when they dream or when they come right out of a dream. But like that house, what the fuck? <laughs> that's like same. that's so crazy. What yeah. what is going on there? And I'm I'm like, I know you're gonna say I don't want to see ghosts, but like I'm I'm a little jealous. I'm like, man, <laughs> to just have like ghosts that just like appear and you can like count on them being there. Like that's dependable. Like, ghosts. Yeah, reliable right. friends. Reliable. Yes. <laughs> that's how I characterize the house. That sounds great. <laughs> oh, reliable. Um, <laughs> So I guess what I'm saying is if you have a haunted house and you need a house sitter. Oh, no. Uh, email By himself. Real Hauntings Podcast at gmail.com and I will I will get in touch with you. You're going to attract uh, a whole crowd of people who just want someone to stay in their house. <laughs> Free vacation house. You know there. what? I'm fine if it's no rent. Like, that's totally cool, too. Oh, no. JJ. It's going to get murdered in the house and then you will be the ghost. Oh, no. <laughs> Look, more free rent. Oh, no. <laughs> Is there rent in the afterworld? Not Is there a know. ghost cat for the house? Yeah. Gotta pick out your companion. Oh God, that's all of that is horrifying to me. I uh, yeah, I'm pretty freaked out. This is a scary one. Yeah, super scary. Is it? Is my yeah. life scary? That, that that lady with the no eyeballs and the blue light. Oh yeah, yeah she was pretty freaky. That's, yeah, it, and for some reason, because sometimes we hear some of these stories, and I'm like, oh, I don't know, but I don't know if it's your capacity as a storyteller, <laughs> uh, but. Yeah, fuck that house. I, that's really horrifying. Yeah, that was definitely the worst place I've lived for those yeah. experiences. Yeah, awesome stuff. Well, Jess, um, do you have anything you want to plug before we get you out of here? Oh, um, I run a sketch comedy group in Atlanta called Sketchy Millennials. So if you want to watch the videos, give it a follow. And I also run a nonprofit dance studio, Triple Step Studios. has an Instagram, website, Facebook. She's Follow also going to be a famous writer, but just give her a little time. Okay? Right. Yeah. Let me plug my future career that is yet <laughs> imaginary. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Well, um, I think that wraps up another episode. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. Thanks, yeah, thanks so for having for me. On. Yeah. Thanks yeah. for coming on. All right. With that, I'm Noah Daniels. I'm JJ Crable. I'm Jess. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, 
erstwhile monk turned traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.